Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Thrive in EDU podcast. I am Rochelle Denae Poth, and this is season four, episode number 20. And just doing a quick intro here because today I am sharing with you a great conversation that I had with Iris, who is the CEO and co founder of Tokens, which may be something very new to you. So I'm so excited for this episode for you to listen in, to learn about Tokens, uh, to explore it. And I will share some resources in the show notes and uh, keep you posted. So hope you enjoy this episode. As always, just a reminder to join the Thrive in EDU community on Facebook. Catch us when we go live. We would love to be connected with you and learn from you. Thanks for listening. All right, everyone. I am so excited today because I have a guest on the podcast and we're going to be learning about a lot of really exciting things that are happening. And joining me today for this special episode is Iris, who is the CEO and co-founder of Tokens. So I want to first welcome you to the Thriving EDU podcast. Thank you, Rochelle. So happy to be here. Yeah. And so uh, I have been exploring like a lot of things that we will be talking about. And for some people, this might be like a very new concept. And so first, I guess, before we dive into what exactly is Tokens, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've done as far as, you know, your work, your education, your experience, anything about you? Sure. So Tokens is a family-focused and child-safe application for blockchain-based collectibles, gaming, and communities. My background personally is entertainment. I am a producer by trade. I've been specializing in new media and family content for over a decade. I'm also the vice president of new media for the Producers Guild of America, which if you don't know, is the premier trade organization for producers working in entertainment, which just means that I have a wonderful opportunity to be working with producers who are doing really innovative things with content. And of course, at Tokens, we're doing the same. I am the, as you mentioned, CEO and co-founder of Tokens Collectibles and also um, the, uh, the proud mom of two kiddos. Well, I don't know how you find the time because I was looking at all of your background experience on LinkedIn and just amazed at just how many spaces you are active in and just the background. And I have so many questions to ask you about like, what made you get started with this and what's it like and all of these things that we could probably talk for a really long time because I can come up with a lot of questions. But I guess the first one, because of your background and, and your experience, like, what was your inspiration or motivation for coming up with this and starting Tokens? Yeah. So when I was approached by my co-founder and chairman of Tokens, James Reynolds, who's also the CEO and founder of Digital Prime Technologies, which is a crypto prime brokerage company for institutional investors, uh, I knew that this was my next great adventure. Right, He kind of came to me with a kernel of an idea that I knew had tremendous potential, and I knew I had the background and the transferable skills to really bring it to fruition. So it was James's original idea that I took and, and turned into what we will soon have in our hands, which is the Tokens app for games and educational curricula and modules that help onboard families and children into these new technologies and the metaverse as it evolves. 
And these concepts, like for me, you know, my interest, you know, I found out about tokens uh, a couple of months ago. I just, I'd like to learn about all things emerging technology and in my work as a classroom teacher and then doing some presentations at conferences, uh, you know, I teach Spanish, but I also teach a STEAM emerging technology course. And so I've been working with like artificial intelligence and augmented virtual reality. And then now all of these topics like NFTs and blockchain and cryptocurrency and metaverse. And it's like, I used to think, well, I'm just a Spanish teacher. I, I, you know, I can't teach about that. I don't need to know that. And then now I feel like when you throw those terms out, more so now than say like a year ago, people are familiar with them, but they don't necessarily know what they mean or what the applicability is to like daily life or work life or anything. And so, you know, as a parent and as somebody who is, you know, starting and forming this new, very unique space where families can engage in learning about this, uh, is there anything that, you know, is kind of scary or what is something that you would, I mean, there's a lot that's scary about it, but what is something that you might tell a parent or say to families to help them to kind of start to understand some of these concepts? Sure. Well, I would say, first off, this was new to me just less than a year ago myself. And I've taken it upon myself, not only in, in founding and developing tokens, but in just exploring this space and becoming a, a user and an early adopter myself, that this is important. This is our future. Um, I, I like to say that blockchain technology will continue to revolutionize every aspect of our digital lives. And there is no benefit from being scared and not approaching this technology and all of its potential use cases. I, I think with the tokens app, one of our main goals is to take the fear and even the shame that people might have in approaching some of these new technologies, right? As adults who are some of whom are digital natives, you know, millennials are pretty much digital natives. I think that I'm on a, um, I, I had a friend recently say that I, we were, I was on a, the cusp generational cusp between generation X and millennial. So we call ourselves Xennials and right. Xennials are divined specifically by the, this idea that we were fully formed adults before we had cell phones, like at least 18 year old, years old before we had mobile devices. And that, that really affects our approach to technology, right? We know what it's like to have a fully formed life without being connected 24 yeah. seven. And so now that we, we are, and that the next generation is, Right, we're raising the next generation of digital natives who don't know what it's like to not have this technology. Right, we we need to be able to approach it, and we can approach it shame free if we learn side by side and hand in hand with the little ones in our lives. And so we've taken every effort to make our user experience and our user interface intuitive and user friendly, to lower the barriers to entry to these new technologies, especially in an industry where we reward early adopters. We don't want to leave our families and our children behind. And of course, we've, we're incorporating brands that families know and love. Um, we have licensing deals with Pinkfong and Baby Shark, Mattel and their to toy portfolio, Boat Rocker Media and two of their incredible franchises. And these are brands that you know, you love, you trust, that you want to engage with in a digital or virtual environment. And you can do so by also learning hands-on 
about what it's like to transact in digital currencies or to collect digital collectibles. Yeah. And, you know, as you're naming some of those things and like the different, you know, experiences with mobile devices and not having them or like somebody who like, that's all they've known. And they don't realize that back in the 1900s in the last century, like you needed 20 or 30 different things to do what now is done in, in your hand in a cell phone. And I think the thing that at least one of the things that's, that sticks out to me a lot, especially when it comes to like financial literacy for, you know, us paying years ago, if anybody remembers it, you know, the credit card, they made the imprint and you slid it across and then you get normal credit cards and you could pay by phone. And then now I don't know about you, but there are times when I go to pay for something, I'm like, I don't know if I have to insert the card, swipe the card, tap the card, or just hover the card over. But then you, you have, and it's kind of funny because it's almost embarrassing sometimes because you go there and you're like, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. But now we have all of these different ways that we're going to be able to have transactions and financial literacy means something completely different. Uh, and it's evolving and, and it's not like this is something new either. And so I think that's part of partially what can be some of the kind of overwhelm or kind of concern or, or scare or all of those things wrapped up in one is like, is it going to last? Like, why do I need to know this? Or does, do I need to actually know this? Because maybe I'm not going to need to know about the blockchain and like, what even is the blockchain, for example. But I think about families and that's the, the piece that I love the most about this is that, you know, connecting like the school to home and helping to like really create that space where if families and parents have questions and the educators have questions and then everybody is kind of like involved in these conversations to have one space where you go and you know like you mentioned like there are some brands and things that are trusted and it's hard to you know know what you can really rely on so knowing that you have all of that that is going to be provided in the space is awesome i will say that as a classroom teacher who knows how many options there are out there uh, for that and i just said a lot but all these things come to mind just visions of like buying things like I can pay with what now you're saying uh it's a big deal and so my other question for you as they come popping into my head is you know so I guess that's kind of why it's important for families to understand it because the kids however young they are who knows in five ten years they might have a job whatever their you know credentials are currency uh uh, what are some of the other things like maybe that you're hearing from families that have, have explored this or from other people that are out there that are talking about this? Like what sets tokens apart or what makes it unique in this space? And I kind of know the answer to that, but I'm going to let you give it. Really? You want to take a try? Uh, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. And then I'll tell you if I was, if I was kind of right or on the right track, I should say. Sure. Well, the fact of the matter is our kids are already in metaverse economies. They are buying, selling, and trading goods in virtual environments. This is really no different, except we hope that our kids and our families will come away from a tokens experience with something that they actually own, right? An NFT is an ownable digital asset. And we call them collectibles because that's our specific use case for NFTs to be able to collect a piece of a brand that you know and love or a character that you know and love. But the idea is that tokens allows you to take a piece home from this experience or take a piece with you into the metaverse from a tokens experience. And really, there is no kind of direct 
analogy to the tokens experience. It's a little bit first of its kind in that we are taking what is somewhat fragmented end user experience when it comes to kid and family apps and rolling them all up into one. So we're rolling up gaming, we're rolling up community features and blockchain-based collectibles in one centralized app where we're aggregating and we're agnostic to the different kid and family brands that we incorporate into that experience, where it's family-focused, co-viewing for lack of a better term, and also child safe, with the intention of really onboarding a, an entirely new audience of users into this new technology. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about like the metaverse, that term for a lot of people seems like it's just something fairly new in the last couple of years. But surprisingly, it's a term that was coined, I think, in 1992. Uh, so it's not. But because now there's just so much focus on all of these different things. And at some of the conferences where I've been recently, like I have done some sessions, again, I am not an expert, but I've been learning about NFTs and blockchain and Web3 and metaverse and trying to help the teachers understand like what those mean and then find resources for them to get started with because there's lots of possibilities. But of course, you know, the safety and the privacy and security is like key. Uh, but going back to for the families, so let's say, you know, you have families, now they're like all about the tokens app, you know, what can they expect whenever they get started with it? Like, how does, how does it go? What does it look like for them and for the, for the kids? Sure. Yeah. When you jump into the, the app, you can expect to have a overarching parental or master account that manages the tokens experience. And that account creates multiple profiles for the little ones in your life. And that master account or that grown up account also has total visibility to all of the user activity in the, the child or the sub user profiles, the custodial user profiles, but you can expect to have games um, the opportunity to share your collections with friends via the app and also through external links and the ability to outright buy and sell and transact otherwise with collectibles. And with our licensing partnerships, we the goal is to have a consistent cadence of new releases on the app all the time. So we'll have fresh content with fresh brands to keep users coming back and engaging again with some of their favorite characters. Well, I now thought of another question because as you're talking, I'm thinking about like, it's hard to wrap your head around what these terms mean. I think just alone, like NFTs, there was an example, uh, that a video that I had found and talking about, like, if you have a $100 bill and you break it up into like all different, you know, coins and dollars and divide up and still hundred dollars, you still have hundred dollars. So if you take like the Mona Lisa and you rip it to shreds, like it's not going to have the same value anymore. And so like a very basic understanding of that. But then when I start to think about it, and my students even also start to think about like, what's all the technology that goes behind creating this? Like we see websites, we see apps, we just see like the final product. We don't see all of the stuff that it took, like all those steps in that process that took to get it there. And so for everybody who's listening, like what can you share about the process from like having the idea to the steps onward to where you are today? Like what has that been like? Or I can't even imagine what it involves, but anything that you can share just to give kind of a overview of that'd be awesome. 
I mean, the process in developing tokens has been the wildest ride of my life. And I've been so privileged and fortunate to work with some really smart people already working with these new and advanced technologies. But what we've done is, is intentionally taken a lot of the technically the complicated technicality out of the Web3 experience. Typically, when you want to purchase an NFT on a adult-facing marketplace, like let's just use the most popular example, OpenSea, you have to go through a number of very complicated steps to even conduct that transaction, including opening up a crypto wallet, funding that wallet, which can take days, um, choosing a project that you know for certain isn't a scam, successfully completing the per purchase and at the right time so that you're not overcharged with gas fees. You know, if you're even lucky enough to be able to nab a collectible from a, pro from a popular project, this is all very sophisticated stuff. And I have some advisors who are real whales in the space who still get scammed or, or have learned the telltale signs of, of what to avoid after some real hard knocks. Like it's a little bit of a dangerous, daunting world out there for early adopters. So we've purposely buried some of those complications and deprioritized the technical knowledge necessary to jump in to a Web3 experience. And maybe a better way to put it, put it is just to say that we've intentionally and painstakingly attempted to lower barriers to entry so that it can be an experience that if you've been around a mobile phone or a tablet for any amount of time, you can navigate with a certain amount of ease and start dipping your toe in those Web3 waters, building your first collection of collectibles. NFTs that conceivably you could take with you throughout the metaverse, right? Maybe the first one that you hand off to your child a generation later, or the first one that you hang on your digital wall in your virtual home, on your virtual street, in your virtual community. You know, we don't know all of the many use cases that will be applied to the collectibles that you can buy or play to collect on the tokens experience, but we know that they're going to continue being a part of how we identify and represent ourselves in virtual spaces, right? The underlying technology, like I said, that powers or enables you to own a digital asset is, is game-changing. Blockchain's changing everything. I just, yeah, I hear it and I think, but how does somebody sit down and figure this out? Like that is, which just it's just technology. It's just amazing. I mean, no matter what it is, it just, especially this. And as you're talking about, you can have it, you could put it on your, like your digital wall and your metaverse experience. It's like, if you go back in time and think if you would have ever thought about saying something like that, and I've been in some metaverse experiences and it's awesome, but it's also kind of, it's unnerving. I don't even know if that's the right word for it too, but to be able to like decorate this virtual space and to exchange things and to interact. But even in some of the, uh, the sessions that I did and conversations that I've had with other educators who are looking at, you know, some of these technologies talking about like 
in the metaverse and how people feel more comfortable and build confidence in the metaverse experience and like all these other benefits and things for it. But um, I, I don't know, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how things change and how quickly they change, whether we look like long-term, like five, 10 years, you know, like this time next year and, and compared to, you know, the prior years, what's coming about, but it has to be like a really awesome, although you said like the wildest ride <laughs> experience, I can't even imagine how much goes into like creating it and then getting feedback and then trying to problem solve and trying to make sure that you have all of these things in place because you know, especially with something with technology and, yo and younger students, for example, like the number one question is going to be about like privacy and safety and security and especially with these emerging technologies. And so like, are there, you know, what do you have or what, what's in place that would let parents and families and educators know that like you, what you're doing here, like, we are protecting you. Mm -hmm. Well, first and foremost, you hit the nail on the head with privacy. That's a major concern. And it's also a an officially regulated part of our digital experience. So we, from the get-go, had have been involved with our privacy partner. They're, they're called Privo, and they've been incredible partners and they're experts in the space. And we're also working toward our... Uh, COPA certification and safe harbor status with Privo, uh, which would also be applicable to uh, GDPR, which is the European equivalent to the Child's Online Privacy and Protection Act, and also the forthcoming California Design Code and all of the additional privacy standards that we're setting as benchmarks for California, which is where I'm based. I'm in Los Angeles. And so we knew that having these privacy and these um, very transparent practices, in addition to our very robust set of parental controls, proprietary parental controls that give parent users complete visibility to their child user experience, that these two things would be incredibly important, not only to communicating that trust and that safety that we want to our end user, but also to showing the industry, our commitment to leaning into regulation, leaning into what we, the, the government intervention that we know for better or for worse is coming into the digital space, digital currencies, NFTs, the whole nine, right? We, we embrace that. We are really taking a cue from the digital prime technologies playbook and saying, we're all about it. We're lean into it, especially when we consider our end user, the, the kid in the family, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I'm a non-technical CEO. As I mentioned, my background is in, is entertainment, specifically new media, innovative entertainment and family and, and child. Um, and I've, I've used that background to really inform how I would approach this as a, a non-technical or non-early adopter parent. And ha probably have held on a little bit to that especially when, you know, I'm dealing with um, highly technically skilled uh, partners on my team, right? I, I still feel like I can bring that perspective and I can use my own uh, m measuring, um, my own litmus test to decide, okay, does this feel safe to me? Does this feel intuitive to me? And hold on to some of that um, you know, non-technical status. And so, you know, I think that what we are doing um, 
at 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 tokens is um, no different than some of these really advanced forward thinking web three based companies, but we do it for an audience that we know is not there yet and may not have the desire to be there from a highly technical standpoint. Yeah. And I love that, that piece, like that authenticity and then just your experience, like keeping that lens on, I guess, like you have different lenses uh, of viewing it from the, and you need that too, like even education. For me, that's one of the reasons I really enjoy having conversations with people who work with like the ed tech companies and then being a classroom teacher and kind of fielding and knowing what the concerns are because I hear them from the students or the parents and the families and then, you know, administrator concerns and all of that. But I do tend to sometimes, I, I, I might get lost in some of the technical stuff. Like I do my best to understand it, but some of it you just can't keep up with. And I think that's what's kind of scary too for, I mean, for educators, but for anybody, uh, change can be like a really scary thing when you dive into something like that. So uh, yeah, it's, go ahead. I think it's important to remember that this, these new technologies, at least my personal philosophy is that they're additive to their lives. And if they don't add something to your life, then maybe you're not there yet, or maybe you're not ready. And that's fine. I don't think that unless we have another global pandemic that shuts us in for another two years, that our lives, our daily lives and our physical lives are going to be completely replaced by virtual worlds and the metaverse, right? I think that this is, it's an additive experience, which means that so much of what, how we approach daily life, how we approach general citizenship mm -hmm. and being a part of a community applies to digital citizenship and engaging with your your friends or counterparts or whomever in a virtual world, right? So right. there's a lot that does translate. And I think if we kind of keep keep that in mind and we bring our values of, um, you know, re respect and wanting to deal safely with each other and wanting to be inclusive of um all, all audiences, including children or including even children from, you know, marginalized communities that, you know, all of that, if that can carry over into a virtual world, we're going to be okay and we're going to get there. We just want to give our our families and our kids an entry point and maybe even a little bit of a, a leg up into these new technologies and start introducing them. And also for the industry overall, and I, I can kind of wrap it up with this, um, you know, we um, we would love to get ahead of the Web 3.0 boom. I think that some educational ed tech or even kid tech apps um, were a little slower to develop in during Web 2 and thus had to do a lot of catch up and then had a really hard time kind of differentiating themselves in the glut of the apps that Kind of propose that that had put themselves forward as being safe or as as educational, and we would really like to get ahead of that and and plant our our tokens flag that this is the place for you to come and for you to learn. Yeah, and that you made a really great great point there too because like there are so many different tools and things that are out there, and a lot of times 
people will start to just use them and you just think that, well, everybody's using them and they're safe. And, and, and until you really go and look at like the safety and the privacy and see if they're in compliance with all of those different things that they need to be in compliance with. Um, but it's good to know. And especially like if you go to the site for anybody who's listening and I'll drop links in the show notes that you go to the site, like you do get that vibe. I mean, the first time you look at it and you see what's available, what the features are, um, the, there's video there that you could check out. And you, you understand like, yeah, you know, Tokens is here to support the families and the students to learn about something that is already changing in our world and is going to continue to do that. And so for anybody, you know, that's listening and just for advice, like what would you recommend or how would you recommend anybody get started? Like, is there, should they look at the video first? Should they go to your website first? Uh, anything that you want to share? Yeah, it's all there at tokens.com, T-O-E-K-E-N-Z.com. You can also follow follow us on at tokens or at tokens NFT on social media and learn about learn more about what we're we're doing there. Yeah. And last question because I always have to ask this one too. So any plans to be at any of the ed tech conferences or anything coming up on the radar for this year or too early to tell yet or I hope so. Yeah, I actually just spoke at Kids Screen, the summit, the kid, the Children's Entertainment Summit in Miami last or in February. Uh, I'm going to be at NFT LA and NFT NYC in March and April, respectively, and the Licensing Expo in June. I think that's also the month for ISTE. It is, and, yes. And my my CTO has a lot of great experience at ISTE and with the ISTE community. So we'll hope to either send him or be there or, or I will be there myself. Yeah. Well, I hope that if you are, well, I hope you go because I will be there and I will make sure that we get to meet in person, but I do want to thank you for joining me today. I have learned a lot and I've also learned that I have a lot more to learn, but it's great to know that there are awesome resources out there for not just teachers, but for families and, and kids to work and learn together because I, you know, parents may think they're done with school, but you're going to have to keep on learning right along with the kids, right? <laughs> Indeed. Okay. I think we're always, we're always learning and learning shows us how much more we have to learn. So I think that that's, those are all the right messages and it's been so kind of you to have me and we really, we really appreciate just your support and spreading the word about tokens. Of course. And thank you for your time and thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you the next time. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks.